It's Sunday morning in Franz Joseph and it's all go. Is that uh, fresh snow? Yeah, it would have been. I'm sure that was. The skies are buzzing with helicopters. The tourists are off on their adventures. This little west coast town that lost roughly half its population during COVID is bouncing back. Under a normal operation, you don't touch stores. Myself and the fire department can close them for you. Uh, but in case of an emergency there. But good luck finding a place to get breakfast on the main street, or even a coffee. Like everywhere else around the Motu, this tourist town has a new problem. People are getting burnt out and they keep the businesses, they keep advertising, but no one's coming. And the tills are ringing, but that is coming with, with difficulties. And it's nice difficulties to have, don't get me wrong. And so the whole thing's just a horror show. It's just like a domino effect of um, problems. I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly, and today the detail is in Franz Joseph to find out how the recovery is going. First, I'm off to meet Poppy Gordon, chopper pilot and CEO of Glacier Country Helicopters. Hi, Mike. Nice, Hi to Mike. nice to meet you. So Mike and Dion, Dion's in there, they were just um, training up two new pilots, he's going to need a hand. So you're, yeah, things are ramping up. Yeah. Must be a relief. Yes, yes you can say that. Yeah. <laughs> Three long years. Yeah, especially because we had the road wash and the bridge washouts before COVID. Oh, wow. He's a commercial pilot, so oh. he, hasn't, he hasn't flown for three years. Oh, okay. so he needs to get his hours. How long have you had this operation, this business? Uh, 2014, we took this business over. I'm a fifth-generation West Coaster, and my dad used to have a helicopter company here. Every one of my family flies. And you were saying to me that actually you had a really busy day yesterday. Tell me about that. Yeah, we had our busiest day yesterday since COVID. We keep saying this, though. Like, um, I think it was the end of August. Things just started to pick up because it was... Um, we've got a lot of family down in uh, Queenstown, Wanaka, and they were all... You know, talking about how busy they were, and we was, you know, because they've got the ski fields down there, and we're all sitting up here with sort of our dropping our bottom lip, and oh, why isn't it happening for us? And then all of a sudden, end of August, it just started picking up, and then September was great. We had our busiest October we've ever had, and the, you know, the weather's been kind, the skies have been clear, and the people are here, and me and my husband are, we're just a small family-owned company, so we both fly. We had a staff of about 14 and then through COVID we went just down to three of us. Were you pretty much grounded? No, we were still operating, but like... You um, had New Zealanders. Yeah, and friends was the most hard hit because we're five hours from a mainstream, so it's not like, you know, people would nip away for a you know quick weekend. Mm. Um, so I think 50 was our biggest day through COVID. Over and three that, years. Yeah, wow. and, and at Christmas time, but yeah. We're just a little small can-do team. Then, yeah. yeah, we made it through and excited for better times. It's great. We we have the best job in the world. We get to fly around the glaciers and the mountains and it's just spectacular. And everyone we fly, they just get this massive buzz out of it. And when you say, you know, the people are back, are they mainly overseas tourists? Yeah, they are. They are. I mean, a lot from Australia, Germany, 
Americans, we've got lots of Singaporean bus tours. We, we used to be really busy with the Chinese bus tour market. The, their borders are obviously still closed and there's problems there. But yeah, a lot of English. We didn't sit idle in, in COVID. We used all the help that was out there to digitally upskill our business and get on all sorts of new different platforms, which is um, really working you know, well for us and we had to tighten the belt and really look at the budgets and so, you know, going forward we're going to have a really a much stronger business. There's been a lot of talk about resetting tourism. Have you changed anything about, you know, the way you operate? Yeah, well, unfortunately everything's everything's gone up. Fuel's gone up, insurance has gone up, wages have gone up, like interest. Yeah, we've had to, you know, increase our prices and... It's, you know, it's a big ticket item. So we go from $295 to 395 495 695 for a, um, an hour-long flight. Does that mean that you're pitching at a different market or...? Yeah, I guess so. It, it's funny, though. Like, you know, you'd get those, those freedom campers and they'd skimp on rice and noodles, but they, they would still buy the big ticket. You know, they'd, they'd strip themselves to a bungee or strip, throw themselves over a plane or go on a helicopter flight the, for the big adventure thing. So, And the community, you've got young children. What's it been like? Because half of Franz Joseph le- had to leave because there was no work. Is that right? Oh, it was... <laughs> like, it's great to be able to talk to you with, like, a positive story. Uh, it's been incredibly disheartening and watching the businesses close, in no fault of their own, you know, just, just the, the circumstances. But it's not... It's a tourist town, so it's not like they could go down the road and get a job somewhere else. They'd have to pack their family up. So you, we literally lost half of our town. Like, the school went from 60 kids down to 30, and it's, like, all their little mates and you know makes up a rugby team or or whatever so and then like the teachers um about two or three teachers lost their jobs and have have had to move on so um yeah it was sad to watch really sad what about things like your fire service you know your volunteer community services that towns like yours really need what's happened there yeah, I caught up with the fire brigade and just had a yarn with them. And, you know, because we lost half of our town, then we started losing our services. We couldn't man, like, fire trucks and we're remote. You've got to have those services here because it takes a long time for anyone else to come. But it was great to hear that they'd, done, they'd got a whole lot of new recruits in and, and people are joining up. Back along Franz Joseph's main road, I catch Dale Burrows between tours yeah, so we're Franz Joseph Wilderness Tours. So we run um, kayaking tours, boat tours, fishing charters, um, as well as stand-up paddleboarding out on Lake Maparika, which is just north of the town. Um, and then we have uh, mountain bike hire in the town itself as well. So you've got a lot going on. Is it back to the levels it was pre-COVID? Uh, we are, yep. For the wow. last two months we've clocked even slightly better um, October and November's looking about on par with pre-COVID numbers. Business is, is rushing back, and we're scrambling to to meet the demands, and it's, it's a great spot to be in after the last couple of years have been. What was it like before August? It was really tough. It was, um, I mean, it definitely presented opportunities that we hadn't had before um, in terms of re-evaluating our business, and we did a full rebrand. Um, we amalgamated 
the the boat tours and the kayaking part of our business together to make one one business out of that taking the opportunity and upskilled ourselves as well so my wife's we're studying digital marketing at the moment um, as well as graphic design we're definitely got ourselves and our business into a, a much stronger place. But financially, yeah. how did you go? Uh, financially, has definitely been a bit of a struggle. Yeah, there's, there's been a bit of help with the, the wage subsidies and um, small business loans and things like that. Around here, it's been fantastic. We've had Jobs for Nature. That's uh, the initiative with the Department of Conservation and the partnerships that have been created there. And that allowed us to be able to actually um, employ staff, train staff and have staff on the ground and ready for the last two seasons by allowing us to pretty well guarantee the employees would have hours in a quiet week and then we were able to, to do a bit more work on the, the busier weeks. It's been um, an absolute lifesaver for us and for the, the town in general. What about finding workers? Because that's what I'm hearing. That's the big problem in this town and some businesses have even stayed closed because they can't find enough workers. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely been an interesting time and we had a lot of trouble finding workers over the last couple of years and I feel like there's still a lot of uncertainty from even the people that we are getting apply for the, the guiding positions. We, ha- we have had a couple of staff that have arrived from overseas and the, the town and the, the job weren't quite what they thought it was going to be and they've left already or leaving. Our general kayak guiding positions we've had quite a bit of interest in and it's people, young backpacker type people who are looking to travel to New Zealand and they want to have an adventure while they're here. Are they the right kind of people? Usually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And how hard is it to get them the visas and get them here in time? It's not been so hard getting them here. Um, the, most of them are coming out on a working holiday visa. The, the problem that we're facing this season is we're training a team of guides from scratch. Is that because everybody left? Because there was no work? Yeah, yep. Right. So, yeah, we lost a lot of the, the experience and the work, and then even the, the experienced people that we, we had here, some of them have moved on to other companies guiding on the glacier, for example. When I was talking to Poppy, she said that half the town left. And she was really worried that the whole town was just going to shut down. Maybe not half, I think probably a third. <laughs> but it's still a, a lot of people, you know, when you're starting with only 450 people to begin with. You know, we lost friends with everything else that's going on and then losing your support network at the same time. It's um, definitely added strain and, and stresses where you didn't need them. Did you ever think about leaving? No, there was always... a carrot being dangled of the uncertainty of oh it might be three more months it might be six more months before the borders open and we were basically in too deep (laughs) (laughs) to to give up so we were quite fortunate we were able to scale our business accordingly Um, we we managed to get out of our office lease we dropped our staffing numbers we ran our office from home Um, so we got rid of a huge amount of our massive overheads and we reduced our operating costs down to the beer bones and now as things are picking back up you know we've got an office on the main street which is a dream that we've had from the time we've bought the business 10 years ago. So good things have come out of adversity. Yeah and it was a case of hanging in there and not just waiting you know we've definitely put a lot of steps in place to come out of COVID in a much stronger position. 
we haven't sat still and, and waited. We've definitely kept things moving. Well, as Dale moves off to take his next group for an evening kayaking trip, just along the road, the landing bar and restaurant is filling up. That's owner Jamie Caldwell warning a customer that it could be an hour-long wait. Like everyone, he's short-staffed. He finds Immigration New Zealand is frustratingly slow at processing visas. And he's competing against other local businesses that offer better deals to workers. And because of that, his two other restaurants are closed. I don't see my two other restaurants opening until January, February next year. That's going into winter. Maybe not even open until next winter, because we can't operate it. If you were able to open all three establishments, how many workers would you need? 40, 45. And how many do you have? Probably about 23. There's just nobody applying. Yeah. There's Doesn't, nobody coming here asking yeah, for work? No. If we do, if they do walk in, we absolutely hire them straight away. Right, yeah. but they only, might, might only stay for two weeks. And then or two days. Is that right? Yeah. They're mo- and they're mostly backpackers? Yep. So, for example, Monsoon... They have free accommodation, free food, $25 an hour. So you'd have to be silly not to go there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you've got places like uh, cleaning rooms, $28, $29 an hour. There's sort of a break-even with inflation too. There's a break-even. We can't charge $50 for a steak. <laughs> no. So, so at some point, what, when it, when it hits $30 an hour, you have to weigh up whether it's worth keeping... Keeping, your... keeping the restaurants open. Yeah, it's operational. We've also learned a lot about COVID. Like, we were a big operation. We were open all the time. Like, we used to be open breakfast, lunch and dinner. Breakfast is hit and miss, so I don't need to be open for breakfast. But that's not good for tourists. Mm. Especially on Monday, when there's nowhere to go for breakfast other than the Wildlife Centre. Yeah. And the whole of Franz Joseph? Uh, there's the hotel for a breakfast buffet. How do you solve it? What needs to happen? For me, it's just working on immigration and, and getting them people faster. So did you actually go overseas to recruit people? Yeah, I was recruiting people in Thailand, so yeah, I spent six or eight weeks there, personally interviewed them, and it's probably the best thing I ever did. Have you done it before? Yeah, well, most of my... It's always been the same case with with staff here. It's it's very hard to get staff, so... But Do you live in Franz Joseph? Yeah, I live here personally, yeah. So, like, I'm part of... You know, Franz Joseph is a great community, and I'm part of that. You know, we we would like to have uh, a scenario that we talk, like we talk to each other with restaurants, but we make decisions based on what our work needs are. We would like to say, hey, you guys close Monday, Tuesday, you guys close Tuesday, Wednesday, so that we still can operate. So we still want people to come to Franz Joseph and have a good time. And it's really sad for us. Like I took a photo the other day and I said, I need to take this photo because all restaurants were shut. We had three coaches on the main street and I was thinking, where are they going to eat? This, the, wow. the four square. Inside the bar, Jamie introduces me to some local friends. So, just tell me your name first. Okay, Jim Little. I've been um, doing tourism on the coast for the best part of 12 years. So, how are things going? We're really struggling for staff, you know, housekeepers, managers, and so on. Um, But we've got um, people coming through next week. Uh, We've got three young guys from Germany. Oh, you have? Yeah, yep. And um, so. I'll offer them to around town as well yeah. so that they can do mornings with us and afternoons, say, here at the landing bar. 
But they're not just turning up like they have in the past? No, not yet. You expect them to? Well, the biggest problem we've had is that um, our government, you know, came out and said, oh, look, we've opened up all these work visas to come into New Zealand. And I was at a conference in Nelson, which was the Tourism Export Council conference, and Nash was there. And he said, oh, we've got all these new visas coming through. And then um, Russell from uh, Hobbiton piped up and said, yes, but the immigration department can't process them. Mm. And so the whole thing's just a horror show. It's just like a domino effect of um, problems. Any idea how many workers this town is short of? This is a real guess, right? Yeah. I'm thinking probably 200 people. That's a lot for this little town, isn't yeah. it? 200 people living here. They shop at the supermarket, they buy petrol from the petrol station. On their days off, they drink at the restaurants and bars. So it's not just about working here, it's also about the local economy. I mean, we're not in peak season yet, are we? No. So there's some urgency to this, clearly. Uh, probably the beaches of Dunkirk in 1942. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, I think, be, let's be positive, um, people are starting to trickle through now. We just know that the whole tourism industry is different now. Just around the corner, motelier Alan Glenn is still cleaning rooms. I last talked to him 18 months ago, soon after he'd bought the business, smack in the middle of the pandemic. We're, we're getting by, but, you know, it is, it is a bit of a, a struggle. Getting know? by, but having to work long hours. Yeah, you know, we're not the only ones. And I was talking to a guy yesterday, and I won't say where he's from, but they, those guys are working 80-odd hours a week. Here in the town? Yeah, and I can't understand why they can't let people come in. I really can't. Is it a case of they can't let people come in or they're just slowly, very slowly trickling in? You you, you better ask the Minister of Immigration that. (laughs) I I think the people in higher places need to get out and have a look, you know, and see see what the real world's like. And Mm. uh, they talk about slave labour. They're creating it. In what way? Or long hours, or, you know, the oh, fly, you know, long hours and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think a lot of people they left because there was no work. You know, that was that was natural with COVID, but um, now those people have gone to cities and places like that. They won't come back. Well, one worker who stayed is Miyagi. I chat to her while she takes a break from motel cleaning. I've been here six years. What was it like during the COVID period? More or less it was like a ghost town. It was just sad to see, you know, everyone losing their jobs. And and in saying that, they ended up leaving town and going home. Uh, hence why there was hardly any workers or people in town. But you stayed in town? I stayed in town. Um, I was just fortunate to keep one job because I had three jobs at the time. Right. Um, yeah, and it's just been hell, really. Has it? Yeah, until now. Until now, it's, it's picked up. What's the feeling like in the town now? Oh, it's amazing. I love it. I'm glad that we've picked up. You know, a lot of tourists have come back. We're overflowed, actually, but now there's just no workers. <laughs> but at least we got a, quite a few jobs back. Yeah, have you got... I've got all my jobs back. 
Richard Benton owns the Wildlife Centre in France, but I'm meeting him in Christchurch, where he lives. It's hard to start up a, um, a town again, um, going from zero to 100 overnight. Where do you reckon you are right now, compared with, say, pre-COVID? I think my own business would be pretty close to being back to what it was pre-COVID, since the beginning of September only. So clearly group tour business is coming back, people wanting to travel, the glaciers are certainly still one of the top ten things for people to see and do. But as you observed, staffing's pretty tight. Um, COVID is, is challenging because with overseas visitors comes a little more COVID than we've, we're used to. So we're getting people who've had COVID for second or third times, of course. And that puts pressure on, on staffing, which is already pretty much maxed out. And ironically, you're having to go back to Franz Joseph tomorrow to cover because someone, one of your workers has COVID and there just isn't anybody else? Would it be otherwise you'd have to shut up tomorrow? Well, yeah, well we probably wouldn't have shut up but we were certainly limited what we could do. So today for example we're the only business in Franz Joseph that's serving food and and coffee. Many before of the businesses three o'clock. Are before three o'clock, yeah. Most businesses of course are uh, aren't able to operate because you can't run staff seven days a week. Who wants to work seven days a week? So. Mm. There was a lot of talk pre-COVID about a tourism reset, that there were problems caused by having too many tourists in some places, freedom campers, that kind of thing. Have you reset your businesses? Probably not dramatically, but we are having to look at the way that we operate our business, given the challenges of staffing, uh, and and the numbers of people who are literally coming through. Are you saying that really Franz Joseph didn't need to to look at the way tourism is working in that town? Well, I think Franz Joseph didn't need, didn't need to look at the way that tourism is working in the town, but we've repositioned ourselves uh, more and more away from purely the geysers towards activities and walks and things to do which are often conservation-based but don't always involve a heli hike or a flight up to the glaciers. Why move away from the, the heli trips? I'm not saying moving away from the heli trips, but we're moving away from reliance on the, the glaciers. And that, I think, is fairly obvious. We all know that global warming is, is a fact, and we all know it's harder and harder to access our glaciers without um, jumping potentially up on, on a helicopter to go and, and land or fly over the, uh, the glaciers. That's probably not something that's going to be sustainable for the next... And in, in 20 or 30 years' time, perhaps, we need to look at other ways to ensure the community is still uh, highly involved with tourism um, and moving away from that traditional model which we've experienced in the past. Did you ever think that you would have to close your doors permanently or um, even temporarily? Well, I'm quite a positive person, as you can probably tell, so the answer is, is no. Um, we believe we're an anchor business for, um, for the town. We stayed open right the way through, seven days a week, um, because the town or people in the town needed somewhere to come and have a coffee, to meet and to talk. What about workers now? Really tough. We, we put our ad in, in, um, on Trade Meet to find um, a couple of staff members really just to help out as customer service executives in our, in our retail shop and in our cafe. Um, and we had two applicants, and both of them were from overseas. We're now applicants from New Zealand. And that's quite sobering, I suppose. So yeah. did you employ either of those two? Uh, no, we didn't, no. They need to be people who are prepared to commit to the town of Franz Joseph. You are semi-isolated. You know, we have got a supermarket, but you need to be the type of person who is happy uh, living in their own skin, I think.
That's it for today. I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly. The detail is public interest journalism funded through NZ On Air and produced by Newsroom for RNZ. You can get us downloaded free to your mobile device every weekday from any podcast platform. Today's episode was engineered by Phil Benj and produced by Sarah Robson and Bonnie Harrison. And thanks to all the good people of Franz Joseph who spoke to me. Mā te wā.